last week we started uh, this little series called Remembering Why by acknowledging that, like Amber said, we've been through a crazy year. For most people in the world, it's been a tough year. Uh, so many unknowns, so many things. And for us as a church, it's been a tough year. I mean, not being able to meet, tornado damage, trying to fix the building, navigating all that, navigating when people can't come to church, when some people can, some people can't, and we're still feeling some of those repercussions. But what we said was this. Seasons like that, I, I think, seasons like that are actually important are actually really possibly very, very good for us. And the reason for that is sometimes when, when seasons like that happen, if we let them, they can remind us of why we do what we do. When, when things are shaken up in our lives, when things are shaken up in us as a church, when things are shaken up around us, when what we do is shaken up, why we do it becomes so much more important. And actually remembering why we do what we do is so important in the middle of all the unknowns Leaning into what is known, the foundational things, the big whys, leaning into that are so, it's just so important. So last week we took a little bit of time to talk about our mission as a church. This is why we do everything we do. And our mission is simply this, to be a safe community where anyone can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus. That's our mission. That's why we do everything we do. We ask about everything, what we talk about, what we say, how we do church, what we spend money on. We ask the question, will it everything flow through those words? Are we being a safe community where anyone, doesn't matter where you're at in your faith journey, just starting out, haven't even started out, we're invited and you're just checking out church for the first time, or you're like me, you've done this stuff for decades. And you, you love scripture, you love Jesus, you're trying to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter where we're at, are we a safe community where anyone can continue to discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus? That's why we do everything we do. And what we said is a community is, is made up of two things. It's made up of people in a place. Any community around the world is made up of people in a place. And so we recognize that in order to be a safe community, we need to and we want to, and this is what we focus on, we wanna provide the right relationships, the people, and we wanna create the right environments, the place, so that anyone, again, no matter where you're at, whether you've been doing it a long time or brand new, can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus. Now, those, those ideas, discover, develop, and deepen. Another way to talk about discovering and developing and deepening a relationship with Jesus can be to call it spiritual growth or growing spiritually. If I'm growing in a relationship with God, then I'm gonna be growing spiritually. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna look at a very unique, a very important, I think really important, because if we can see this important picture, it may change the way we um, pursue spiritual growth. It may change the way we understand spiritual growth. I hope it does, because Scripture gives us this very unique, very important, very different picture of what spiritual growth looks like that almost flies in the face of Western culture, if I can put it that way and say it that strongly. And I think a lot of churches sometimes get tripped up by this and make it a little hard because the, the, the picture of spiritual growth is so important for us to understand and us to understand what it looks like, what it should look like according to Scripture. And I don't just mean spiritual growth for us as individuals. That's a very important question for each of us. How are we growing spiritually in our understanding of God, discovering, developing, and deepening? I also mean growth for us as a church. Because so often, I don't know if you've experienced this, so often churches become so focused on, are we growing? 
I don't know if you've experienced that. Church growth strategies are a major part of the church world, and there's so much pressure. Are we growing? Are, we, are, we, are, we, are there more people? And sometimes, and I don't know if you've experienced this, have you ever gone to a church where it feels like you are just a means to an end? Like, okay, there's more people, butts and seats, butts and seats. And that's things that pastors say. It's kind of weird, sorry, that I like revealed this. <laughs> it's weird. But that sometimes is the thing. Are there enough people coming? Are people coming? And then people, the very reason that church is there for, according to Jesus, become a means to an organizational or business-driven end. And sure, it's cool, and we want church to grow, but when that becomes the end, church growth, church growth, then we begin sometimes, and maybe you felt this in churches, sometimes it becomes unhealthy, and we lose the why behind why we actually gather, behind why we're a church. So this picture will help us as a church and help us as individuals see spiritual growth, see growth like I think God wants us to see it, like scripture clearly calls us to see it. So if you're a part of Rock Point, I hope I can paint a picture for who we want to be, how we want to grow, why we want to grow. And we can take this picture and hold it as we move forward and as we rebuild coming out of this crazy year and as we build this safe community where anyone can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus. And if you're, if you're not part of Rock Point, I hope this is an insightful picture. I hope this answers some questions of like weird church experiences you've had maybe in the past. And I hope it inspires you to go, hey, I may want some of that. I may wanna grow in this understanding, discovering, developing, deepening. I may wanna grow in my understanding of Jesus. Okay, so I wanna give you this picture of how scripture describes spiritual growth. And the whole thing, I think the best way I can describe it, the best words I can use for what spiritual growth is depicted, how spiritual growth is depicted in scripture is around this term organic growth. The way that spiritual growth is shown in scripture is it's around organic growth, not mechanical growth, not manufactured growth. It's something, it's growth that has life in it, not steps and functions and goals and, and, and business plans. It's, go, it's, it's growth that has life in it. It's not something you can produce or manufacture in a mechanical way. It's something that grows because there's life in it. And scripture presents spiritual growth, church growth, this Way And that, that, that's really, really important. The reason it's so important, and I made some notes here that I wanna get right, so I wanna read some of these ideas. The reason this is so important is because so often, because we live in America, because we live in a Western world, because we live in a first world country, because we are so used to business plans and mass production and manufacturing and marketing, and because we're so used to dashboards and metrics and data analytics, and everything is counted and everything is measured to see if we're being effective, and we have sales reports and goals and, and plans of action that increase revenue and profit, that's the world we live in. We're our jobs, we're all evaluated that way. And manufacturing and sales and business and gotta make money and all that stuff, all of it is manufactured and all of it is, is measured in that way. But because we live in a world like that, it's so easy to bring that kind of thinking into our spiritual growth into our relationship with God, into the way that we have to do, I have to please, I've gotta have the plan, I've gotta make sure I do this stuff, I've gotta perform, I've gotta perform, I've gotta perform, I've gotta have steps, I've gotta make sure that everything's gonna be right, and it ends up focusing on a lot of the stuff we do, like business plans, rather than the picture that Scripture gives, organic 
growth. Let me, let me see if I can explain this a little better. Um, when you think of things that grow organically, you know, um, things that have life in it, like, like, like a tree or your child. Your child grows organically, right? Do you have a business plan for your child's growth? Well, son, we planned that you'll grow three inches this month. Come, let's measure. What? Just one inch? We've got to get back to our plan, son. What's happening? And we don't do that. Why? Because there's life in them. And we know that if we can provide a safe environment, a healthy environment with the right food, exercise, education, safety, the right people, the loving environment, if we can focus in on the things that help create space for life to grow, because they have life in them, don't you think they will grow at their own pace? And if it's a business plan, business plan, then we might get disappointed. Son, I can't believe you're not growing. That would be weird, right? No, we just have to focus in on the foundations, the, the, the thing. The goal is not how much they grow, right? The goal is to be healthy, because if they're healthy, they will grow organically, and that's the picture that we have in Scripture. Well, think about a tree. You don't plant a tree in your backyard and then go and say, okay, well, here's the plan. This is how we're gonna make it grow. Yes, the plan is, is the soil right? The plan is, is the seed right? The plan is, is their health? Is it watered? Is the environment right for a tree to grow? And once that happens, then the miracle of life in the seed takes over, right? And it begins to grow. And you don't go out there and go, well, we better make sure this tree grows and you stretch it because it needs to grow. No, that'll break the tree because it's organic. It's not manufactured. It's not mechanical. It's organic life. And that's the picture that Scripture seems to paint for spiritual growth, for church growth, for growth in God's kingdom. You can't make a child grow. You can't make a tree grow. All you can do is provide the right environment, right? Right? And if it's healthy, if they're healthy, then they will naturally grow. If they have healthy roots, healthy food, healthy soil, they will likely grow. That's the picture. And yet, sometimes in churches, and for us in our own spiritual growth, what we do is we focus so much on growth and the plan, gotta do it all right, gotta perform, gotta perform, gotta perform, gotta measure, and if I don't have the fruit at the right time, what's wrong with me? And if the church isn't growing at the right time, and if it doesn't look perfect, and if it isn't, is, if it isn't perfect, then oh my gosh, what's happening? No, 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 no. The way scripture describes it is, if it's got the right roots, if it's healthy, it's going to grow at the pace that it needs to grow. You, me, we're going to grow at the pace we need to grow if the seed is right, if the roots are right, and if it is healthy. If we focus on the rest, sometimes it becomes unhealthy, right? Pressurizing a kid, you gotta do, gotta do, becomes unhealthy. Pressurizing a tree to grow, it just doesn't work. No, if the, the fruit, if the roots, if the seed are right, if the soil's right, it will grow. That's the picture that scripture gives. Now I wanna run through several scriptures and show you that this is throughout scripture because over and over and over again, it gives these organic illustrations of life, of growth, of maturing, of, of, of fruit. It's amazing. There's, there's seeds. It talks about seeds. It talks about roots. It talks about trees. It talks about branches. It talks about fruit over and over and over again. So if you are hoping to grow spiritually, we need to understand this picture. And for us as a church, if we want to grow, we need to understand this picture that we can focus on the health, the roots, the, 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 the seeds, the soil, rather than we better get it right and grow and do all that stuff. The first example I want to give you is something that Jesus actually said 
He actually read this. He, he went into a synagogue, uh, a Hebrew church, um, when he was around, and, and basically what he, he did is he, he took the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and um, this, this was written about 700 years before he came, and he literally said, this is what I came to do. He read this. He said, um, literally, his words in Luke 4.21 says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today, what I'm reading to you is fulfilled in what I'm doing. And what he read was from Isaiah chapter 61. And I wanna read um, what he read because the people who heard him understood the entire context. And in this picture, he says, this is what I came to do. And if you trust me, if you accept what I came to do, then he talks about this organic growth, this beautiful growth that he explains. Isaiah chapter 61, it's kind of cool that we can read exactly what he read on that day. He took the scroll. Uh, if you have a Bible, that's a modern day scroll. It's kind of cool. You can read that. Um, or you can just look it up on your phone. That's a really modern day uh, scroll. Um, but I'm gonna read it to you. We'll put it on the screen. It says this in Isaiah 61 verse one. This is what Jesus came to do. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed. The word anointed means kind of set apart, inaugurated, given me a job. He has anointed me to proclaim, here's what he came to do, good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. It's a beautiful, poetic picture of what Jesus wants to do in our lives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. Verse two, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Zion is just a poetic name for Jerusalem or for God's people. He continues, he says, I wanna bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. This is what he came to do. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's what Jesus wants to do for us, in us, through us, for people. It's beautiful. And then he says this, and he paints this organic picture. He says, they, the people who accept this, the people who trust what I came to do, the people who acknowledge that, the people who lean in, the people who place their faith in me, this is what he says about you if you've done that. They will be called, this organic picture, oaks, of righteousness. They will be called oaks of righteousness. This beautiful picture of life, of growth, of long life. I mean, I had an oak in my, uh, we had an oak tree in our Tampa house when we lived in Tampa. It was 450 years old, huge. It hugged our property, provided shade and life for all these birds and, and, and squirrels. And it was just gorgeous. This tree was amazing. Oaks of righteousness, it lasts long, the strongest wood you find. I mean, it's so gorgeous, and that's the picture that he gives. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. He gives us this organic picture of life and how it grows. Another place that he gives us an organic life picture is in Psalm chapter one, verse one, where he says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates in his law day and night. So someone who seeks to understand, discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus, this is what he says. That person who does that is like a tree, another organic picture, is like a tree planted by streams of water and yields its fruit in season. They will grow, they'll be like a tree. They will bear fruit in their lives. I love that it says heals its fruit in season, which, which this is a massive difference between organic growth and manufactured growth, right? Because manufactured growth requires fruit every day. 
right? Where's the sales? Where's the, 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 the numbers? Where's the money? Build more, we gotta build more, we gotta have more, we gotta do more, we gotta make sure you land the deal every single day. Do it, do it, do it, do it. A tree, and this is important for us, because as humans growing spiritually, sometimes there's not fruit. And sometimes we freak out when there's not fruit. And sometimes we judge people when there's not fruit. And sometimes we judge churches when there's not fruit. But he says, it's like a tree and it yields its fruit in season. The question isn't, where's the fruit? The question is, is the tree healthy? Because when the tree is healthy, it will bear fruit. It yields its fruit in season, it continues, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers, even when the fruit isn't there in the right time, when we look, oh my gosh, manufacture fruit, manufacture fruit. You know what manufactured fruit looks like? It's plastic. Real fruit is delicious and life-giving. Manufactured fruit is plastic. And he says they will yield its fruit in season. So this picture of organic growth is so important for us as humans, as people, as we grow spiritually and as we mature. But the beautiful thing is, Scripture doesn't just say that we'll be trees organically and we'll grow that way. It also says, and we'll bear fruit, it also says where the fruit will come from. Jesus actually had this phenomenal teaching moment in John chapter 15 where he gives us this picture, this organic picture again. It's so important for us to understand how we grow. And as a church, we need to understand this because this is why we do what we do. We wanna create a safe environment for growth that helps anyone discover, develop, and deepen the source, in the source of life, in the source of growth. Not, you better do, you better go, you better make sure you are manufacturing stuff. So in John 15 verse one, Jesus gives us a picture of where it comes from. He says this, I am the vine. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. It's organic picture. Again, verse four tells us how we fit in the picture. Jesus is the vine, his father is the gardener. Verse four, you remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Have you ever seen a branch that's been broken off a tree and there's fruit hanging on it growing? No, it's dry, it doesn't work. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, neither, and here's what he says, if you wanna know how spiritual growth works, how growth works, how fruit comes, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus tells us where growth comes from, where fruit comes from. It comes from the life source in the vine that is, is exuded and flows into the branch. And when that happens, fruit will come. We've got this peach tree in our backyard, um, and I love it. I mean, I've never had a fruit tree, you know, as an adult. We had one as a kid, but uh, as an adult, never had a fruit tree in our yard. And when we found this peach tree, it was so cool. I know this is weird. I got to pick a peach off my tree and eat it right there. It was so sweet and so fresh, and I was like giddy. I was like a little kid. But it's so beautiful, this peach tree, and my wife made a peach cobbler out of peaches from our yard. It was so fun, and it grew fruit. Now here's the thing, I wasn't mad at the tree in winter. Stupid tree, where's the peaches? <laughs> I didn't feel like that, why? Because it's a tree, it grows. And you know what I've never seen? I've never seen one of those branches on the peach tree going Because it doesn't freak out if there's no fruit in winter. 
But what I have seen, I've tried to pull one of the branches off just as a test. <laughs> and you know how strongly those branches hold on to that tree? They are so solidly connected. You know why? If it could talk, it would say, because that's where my life comes from. That's where my growth comes from. That's where my fruit comes from. Not from me trying to do and be and look, hey, I can produce. No, 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 it knows it can't produce fruit. And right now, it's spring. Right now, there are these tiny little peaches growing. And those branches aren't sad that they're too small. They're growing. Why? Because it has life in it. And I can't go and tell the tree, grow more fruit. No, if it has life in it, if it's in good soil, if it comes from a good seed, it grows and fruit is born. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear unless you remain in me. Verse five, he says, I, he makes it clear, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If we try to manufacture fruit, it will not be healthy, real, organic fruit. Apart from Christ, he says, we cannot bear the kind of fruit that we want to be. The, the focus, what we need to do is we need to remain in him, trusting him, living in conscious contact with him, making sure that our roots are solid. Not, do we have fruit? No, no, no. Making sure that our roots are solid, that we're growing in our understanding of him and who he is and what he's doing in us. It's not about what we do. It's about what he has done. It's not about us doing all the right things. It's about all the right things he has done. And when we do that, Christianity teaches, this picture teaches that a seed of life is really, honestly, I don't know how to explain it, but in a real way, planted in our hearts that brings life, that doesn't come from the outside in, but it comes from the inside out. Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers, describes this in a letter that he wrote. We have this letter, it's known as 1 Peter or 1 Peter, and in, in 1 verse three, it says this, it gives us again this organic picture. In God's great mercy, he says, he has given us new birth. Again, an organic picture. Not new production, not new invention, not new, you know, manufactured, new birth. It points to life, birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christianity teaches that when we understand that Christ died and rose again, and when we trust him, somehow something is born. Not you've got, all, okay, now you've got the business plan, go and live your life properly. Go and produce all the right amount of things that you've got to make and show and be and do and it better look good. No, have you ever seen trees? Sometimes they're gnarly. Have you ever seen fruit? Sometimes it's not perfect. You know, GMO fruit, those aren't organic. <laughs> organic fruit sometimes doesn't look perfect, but man, it's good stuff, it's healthy. And he says, born into a living hope, when we understand, when we trust Christ and what he's done, a seed is planted. He actually says that in verse 23, a few verses later, he says, for you, here's how, here's where it comes from. You have been born again, listen to this word, not of perishable seed, not of a seed that will decay, not of a seed that will die. You've been born again of imperishable seed. 
through the living and enduring word of God. Jesus came to bring good news and the word of God is him and the message about him and when we trust that and know that, an imperishable seed that cannot fade, cannot die, cannot get sick, an imperishable seed is planted on the inside of us that produces life. And when it's there, man, that's where growth comes from and life comes from and fruit comes from because God somehow, and I don't know how to explain it, puts the seed of life, his spirit inside us and it develops and grows and produces fruit. In fact, Galatians 5.22 tells us that and again uses this organic picture. He says the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, not the character traits of the spirit, not the, not the you know, things that you manufacture, the manufactured traits of the Spirit. No, the fruit of the Spirit that grows is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So over and over and over, what does spiritual growth look like? It's alive. It's organic. It comes from a seed that is planted in good soil and develops roots. It comes from being connected to the source of life, a branch connected to the vine that flows. Life flows through it, produces growth, maturity, fruit from that vine. That's the picture of spiritual growth. And that's why we want to not focus on, are we growing? Is our church getting bigger? Are we becoming more successful? No, 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 no. None of that. We want to focus on, are we a safe community that provides the right soil, that offers the right seed, the food that is required, the environment, the relationships that are required for spiritual growth to happen where people, anyone, wherever they're at, whether it's just a seed, where the seed hasn't even been planted yet, but it's the right environment, and oh my gosh, I want that seed. Anyone, maybe it's an oak tree that's been growing for hundreds of years, but it still needs to grow and produce life. Are we the right place, the right environment, the right relationships where, where, where growth can naturally happen and fruit can naturally be born? That's the picture of growth and spiritual maturity and spiritual growth in Scripture. So I wanna ask you a question, kind of in light of that, in light of that fruit, in light of this picture of spiritual growth. I wanna ask, especially if you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I have a question for you. It's a question for us as well if you're a Christian, but this is a question if you're not a Christian. Have you ever met a, and the reason I ask you if you're not a Christian is because oftentimes this is the, the frustrating part about Christianity. Have you ever met a really religious person who, who knew a bunch of Scripture, who went to church all the time and were super proud of all the spiritual things that they did, but they weren't very loving and they weren't that kind. They were pretty judgmental, which I didn't see on the list of fruit of the spirit, judgmental. Let me see again quick. No, it's not there. They weren't very, very patient with anyone who didn't believe what they believed. Ever met a really religious person like that? They weren't gentle, they didn't have much self-control. I mean, they got mad at people and like stood up and said, this is wrong. And I don't think that's one of the fruits of the spirit. And they spoke poorly of people behind their backs. Ever met a religious person like that? Because the reason I ask is because I wonder if they focused more on the produced and manufactured spiritual traits rather than the roots from a fruit, uh, from, from a seed that gives life that looks like Jesus. 
because I think there's those pictures in spiritual life, in spiritual growth, different churches, different experiences. Sometimes you bump into really religious people that don't have any of this fruit that scripture calls us to bear, but we can't bear it. And if we're like, I got you manufacture this because I'm so spiritual and I know this and I can do this and look what I look like and I look really good. And yet this fruit's not there. I think that's why scripture calls us because you know what, as humans, we are addicted to ourselves. We're self-centered. Humans just are, we are, I am. I'm addicted to my pride and I'm addicted to my version of sin. And if I am the soil, if I am the root, if I am the seed, it's gonna bear a, a kind of weird fruit. But if he is, if my life is focused on, is the seed right, is the soil right, is the, is the, the root right, is the foundation right, it will bear this kind of fruit. Now, if you're a Christian, let me ask you a question related to that. Let me ask us a question. What does our spiritual growth look like? What does it look like that we think spiritual growth looks like? Is it all about what we do, what you do, what you learn, what you know? Is it all about looking spiritual, looking good? But if you're honest with yourself and you kind of look and you ask yourself that fruit stuff, that fruit question, or you ask your wife or your husband, or if you ask your kids, or if you ask an honest, close friend, and you say, hey, how much love do I exhibit? Peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How much of that is just naturally coming out of me? Because that's a way to see what foundation, what roots am I standing on? Am I trying to manufacture stuff? Or is the seed of God's Spirit in me? Is He in me? Am I remaining in him, relying on him? And even sometimes when it looks like I'm walking backwards because something's happening in me and God's like pulling some mess out of me and it just doesn't feel like I'm where I need to be, but my roots are right. My, my remaining in him, my conscious contact with him is right. He will grow and he will develop the fruit that we need to develop because, because scripture clearly, as we've seen, portrays this picture of organic growth not manufactured growth. One more, one more scripture I wanna read just to show that this is not just for us as individuals growing, this is also for us as a church. Um, Jesus told a parable where he talked about the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is not when we go to heaven or, or heaven itself. The kingdom of heaven is where God is king. And so it's kind of where he's ruling. It's, church can be put in that picture. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, church. And he uses an illustration, organic illustration to show how the kingdom of heaven, how church grows as well. He says this in Matthew 13, verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Again, this organic picture. It's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted. Again, it's planting, it's not manufacturing. Planted, there's life in it, in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. There's this organic picture of growth for us as individuals. There's an organic picture of growth corporately for the church, for the kingdom of God. It's so important to see it that way because it'll change the way we approach spiritual growth. It'll change the why we do what we do. And as a church, we want to make sure that we're not focused on where's the fruit, where's the growth, where's the sales, where's the, the numbers, where's all that stuff. No, no, no. We wanna focus on are we healthy? Are we safe? 
Is it a place where anyone can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus? To end, I want to I just draw a few conclusions for us as individuals and for us as a church if spiritual growth is organic and not manufactured. Uh, like I just said, our goal as individuals when it comes to spiritual growth must not be to try and manufacture the right fruit or to try and look good. If that is there, that becomes a pursuit that, that ends up producing plastic fruit not life-giving fruit. Our goal should not be, I've got to manufacture the right stuff. Our goal should be not to live up to the rules and regulations because I'm trying to be right and do right. Our goal must be to simply trust Christ. He is the source of life, the source of life change, the source, source of growth, to trust Christ. Because when, he, when we do that, he puts his spirit in us and fruit Develops. Our goal must be to do everything we can to increase our conscious contact with him, to increase our trust, increase our surrender to him. The way I try to do that, and I'd encourage all of us to try to do that, is simply spend time thinking and meditating about him through, through prayer, through reading scripture, through connecting with people who, who love him and know him and trust him. And all of that keeps bringing me back and pointing me to they trust in him because when that's there and my roots are solid, then there's growth and health and fruit that comes as a result. Our goal is not all the stuff. While that stuff is very important, praying, reading, spending time with people, that cannot be the goal. The goal, that needs to be part of what helps me understand who he is, like a branch that just won't let go of the vine because we know where our life comes from. Um, so that's one implication for us, one um, uh, uh, conclusion. As, a, as individuals, we need to focus on Him and trusting Him and growing in our faith in Him, not on the fruit and what we're supposed to do as a church. I think there's some implications as well. Our mission, like I said, is simple, to be a safe community where anyone can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship with Jesus. I want to say this outright. Our goal is not to grow. Our goal is not to get really big. If that happens, great, that's fine, no problem. But our goal is to be healthy and a safe community because when, if our goal is to grow, we'll focus on the wrong things and try to stretch a tree and try and create unnecessary pressure on something that has life. Yes, it'll be wonderful if more people can connect to this, but if they're connecting to something that's trying to grow, trying to grow, it'll be so different rather than if they're connecting to a safe place that has good soil and provides the right seed and the right life and the right roots. If we do that, life and growth and fruit will be natural. So our job is not to grow, our job is to be a safe community, to create the right environments, to provide the right relationships. And that's what we wanna do as we rebuild this thing, as we build this safe community, that's what we wanna do. And I wanna invite you, let's be a part of that because people will feel the difference. They'll pick a, a, a real peach rather than a plastic fruit. Have you ever done that? There's a bowl of fruit sitting on a table, you're like, ooh, that looks good, and you're like, and it's so light, and it's weird, and it's fake. <laughs> it's weird, but a real fruit, oh, it's delicious. Okay, another thing that we can draw from this idea of organic growth is this, that organic growth is not like manufactured growth. I'll go through this quickly. Organic growth goes through seasons. We know that. Manufactured growth, you have to have numbers, 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 numbers every day. Organic growth goes through seasons. Are we okay with that? 
We planted these little gardenia bushes in our backyard as well. And, and I mean, we just planted them. They were small. We're like, is this gonna take? I'm terrible with planting things. They usually die, so don't look at me with that. Gotta look at scripture, okay? It's in scripture, it's not me, okay? Um, but I, we planted these things, and I was like, oh no, this is not gonna last. <clears throat> Try to water it, fertilizer, all that stuff. And then winter hit. And I'm telling you, they looked raggedy. These little sticks sticking out of the ground. I'm like, those things are dead. <laughs> They're so dead. And then spring hit. And there are these tiny little bushes of lush green leaves. It's amazing. It's like, there's seasons. Look, there's life in it. It's organic growth. That's how organic growth works. Manufactured growth requires, 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 requires. Are we okay with seasons? Are we okay with the tree looking a little gnarly? Are we okay with that because that's organic? Are we okay with us not being perfect in that? So that brings up another really important thing about organic growth. Have you ever thought about this? And, and I don't wanna get weird, but organic growth produces waste. Trees drop leaves, right? They drop waste. And sometimes fruit, and it, and it sometimes smells bad. Humans drop waste as well. And I don't wanna to get too graphic or weird, but, but they do. And if you don't, you're sick. And you might die. We drop waste. And the reason I bring that up is because I want us to be a church where we're okay with the waste parts. Because if, if someone walks in and it's a little messy and a little not perfect and there's waste attached to me and you, are we okay that organic growth produces waste? And I think this is a humbling thing because if we understand, yes, I produce waste as well, then we won't have this thing, well, I'm perfect because I'm not. And we're perfect because we're not. And if you've produced waste in your life, Jesus is okay with that. And we're okay with it. Organic growth has waste attached to it. It isn't defined by the waste. It's defined by the growth and the fruit and the beauty that comes from it and the life in it. But it produces waste. And you know what? As a church, we're okay with that. Organic growth is alive and it will grow. That's the other thing. Organic growth is alive. It will grow. Mechanical manufactured growth doesn't have life in it. And the minute you stop putting all the right effort in, it's not going to grow. Organic life, organic growth grows because it's there. that's the picture. That's the picture of spiritual growth in scripture. And that's the picture that I want to define us as a church we wanna define us as a church by organic growth that's sometimes messy, that sometimes produces waste, that sometimes doesn't have fruit on the branches because it's winter, but it produces the life. And the focus is not growing, 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 manufacturing. The focus is are our roots right? Is the seed the right seed? Is it the right soil? Is it a healthy environment? Because if it's healthy, if the seed's right, if the roots are right, if the branch is connected, guess what's gonna happen? It's gonna grow. It's gonna bear fruit, beautiful, delicious fruit. And I want to invite all of us into that picture. And I wanna invite all of us into a picture for personal growth that way, that's reliant on Him, the source of life, not on our efforts. Yes, we wanna do stuff to have this conscious contact, of course. We wanna meet, we wanna read, we wanna pray. But is it reliant on Him? And for us as a church, I wanna rely on Him to grow what He wants to grow. That's what I wanna invite us into. As we are a safe community where anyone can discover, develop, and deepen a relationship 
with Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much. This picture of organic growth is so important, I think, and so cool to understand. So cool to understand that that it's not dependent on me because I don't provide life for me. It's not dependent on our efforts. It's dependent on what you did and the life seed that lands in us. And thank you, God, that that's not just a picture. That's reality. We were born of an imperishable seed that has life in it, that grows. So Father, I pray that you help us focus on the right stuff, focus on the roots, focus on you, and let the growth happen, let the fruit happen as we focus on you. Thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name, amen.